This show is brought to you by our new Patreon supporters, James Husband, Remy Levitois, and Mark Foppen. Hey, sci-fi fans, this is Kevin Sussman from The Big Bang Theory, and you're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. Good evening, I'm Miles P. McLaughlin. Hi, I'm M. Opinionated Garcia. <laughs> <laughs> so just so you know where that came from, in case I do decide to cut it out, is uh, we, we read the introduction, or new Patre- we have new Patreon supporters, and I butchered the name, she corrected me, rightly so in the first name, and then the second name she corrected me just because she was a jerk, so... Well, Thanks God forbid you ask the person who's a voiceover person. <laughs> well, see, that's why I was deferring to you. I, re- re- I re-recorded it. <laughs> that's fine. So, that's uh, fine. But hey, guys, we are so glad that you're joining us tonight here on the Siner, Sci-Fi Diner, here at the diner with us, and we're so glad that you're here. Um, em, it is great to have you here again. It's been a little bit since we've had you on the show because there's been, <sighs> unfortunately, people that... Just there have been some unkind think. people on this planet, and they've been unkind towards me and my personal property. Yeah. But the uh, fine people of the Fairfax County Police Department are helping me out, as well as a very kind detective. And excuse me, I'm. So there are. I there, feel yeah. safe now. There, there are there are kind people in the world, but there are also people that are jerks, and that's just I guess a part of humanity. It's always been that way. There's yeah, there's some very so. unkind people out there, and. They, I truly believe in the justice system and, um, you know, we're doing everything we can to find out who it is. Yep. Uh, my car has been repainted. My front door is going to get repainted. Um, except I have to, I'm still trying to clean eggshells out from everywhere. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, you know what? It's not the... how I wanted my breakfast that morning. No, it's <laughs> scrambled <laughs> on the wall. <laughs> I like my eggs yeah. cooked myself. Yeah, well, you know, raw. <laughs> Give it to me raw and wriggly. Right? I would like, I wanted scrambled eggs, but not all over my front step. That's right, that's right. We you know, the good thing about the science fiction community when we go to conventions and stuff is that we rarely run into people that are that jerkish. What's great is that when I posted to... When I posted to Facebook to friends, it's usually my incredibly joyfully science fiction-y nerdy friends who are like, you know what, we should set up, and they came up with really amazing, unique designs for, kind of elegant, for taking like some iPhones and some iPods that have cameras and a couple of iPads and kind of making a makeshift camera system for the house that was really bright and really smart and... um it's it's actually it's been really fun like oh if only we had this and if only oh you could rig this we'll just use this and uh some of it was like uh, i didn't really understand and i said could you just draw a picture so i know how to install this okay thanks get a roll of duct tape and macgyver it baby funny enough one one of my um one of my voice buddies one of my science fiction voice buddies who knows, who is familiar with someone in the local police department 
and helped escalate a couple things for me. So that is how awesome our science fiction community is. It is. It is. Well, I'm sorry, Em, on behalf of you know us that that that, that, that you had to walk through that and that you're still kind of dealing with the residual effects of that but I'm, we are glad that you're back here in the show with us thank you it's i've missed you boys yes. you've been missed you have been missed oh no you don't miss me i'm loud mouth <laughs> well you know you're supposed to go no em you're not but no, you're clearly, <laughs> well, you... miles loves me <laughs> i love you too much <laughs> oh man i'm gonna get miles into trouble i'm gonna just leave the show miles em you got it tonight all right <laughs> it's all yours well, uh, let's move into our menu tonight. Uh, Miles, what is on the menu for people that are coming and dining with us tonight? Sure. So uh, in TV news, uh, we have uh, three stories to talk about. Uh, Disney's going to have a new series called uh, Science and Star Wars. There's a Once Upon a Time. I'm not sure if we should call it a reboot or not, but right, uh, right. that's what that's we're calling the, it for now. Yeah. Uh, and, in the show notes that way, so it must mm-hmm. be true. And uh, Stargate Command is going to have a... Um, a like like their website where you where you subscribe to it, but it's a, it's, it's a very modest fee. But you can you can watch um, the Stargate shows on this. Uh, it'll be be available as an app also. Moving news: we have some Spider-Man Homecoming news in this week in Star Trek. You met at Star Trek, Orville is here. In our interview, we talk we have our interview with Kevin Sussman. We had the opportunity to speak with him at the uh, Shoreleaf Convention, and uh, our sci-fi. He, of, he's from where? He is from Big Bang Theory. Oh yeah. So mm-hmm. Big Bang, just the show that you probably didn't hear about. But anyways, go yes, ahead. Yes, a little show called Big Bang Theory. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and our Sci-Fi 5 of 5, top five current cliffhangers. That sounds like shows. a good menu. Yes. Yeah, very good. Good menu here. Well, again, uh, we're so grateful that you guys are listening to us. Um, uh, we are grateful, again, for people that have begun supporting us on Patreon. That is really cool. That's been really cool to see that. Um, you can support us too on Patreon, and there's different perks. We're giving away signed autographs, a chance to either be in the show or say, "Hey, diner, we want you to do a show on this," and within reason, we will uh, we will do it. Um, but uh, you can go on over to Patreon.com/backslash/sci-fi, and you can check out some of the perks there and support us if you like the show. We love. There are many ways to support us, not just Patreon. You can write in and email us a message. We love hearing from you guys and talking about it in the show. Uh, Facebook, and then, yeah. yeah. If you want to go an extra step, review us on iTunes. Just yeah. give us a little visibility. Yeah, that's very good. Um, and by the way, we had uh, the, the Marinas, uh, Saritas, one of the autograph photos was claimed. Very cool. So there's still some more out there, though. We still, do. I think we, we have do. two or three of them. So Cool. Very cool. Very cool. Well, Am, uh, you, we haven't talked to you in such a long time. And somewhere around the middle of July, end of July, there was this thing called Novacon. Yes. And uh, uh, so we need to talk about that. A local comic book shop and a couple of really great people got together and created NovaCon. It is a it was a Northern Virginian-based um, comic book convention, which was, for a first-time convention, incredibly well-organized. It was, I mean, it was unbelievably, you would never know this was their first con. Everything was incredibly well organized. It was a great schedule. They had several floors of the Ritz-Carlton in Tyson's Corner in McLean, Virginia. Uh, The quality of guests were amazing. The different... um, I went to a couple of the gaming panels. Got to know... Got to, like, learn a couple of new... Um, I did get, like, five minutes to chat with... um, 
Oh my gosh, uh, the great American, greatest American hero. I'm forgetting his name. Um, oh my gosh, he's so good. Oh, William Cat. Uh, it's terrible. Is it William Cat? The guy. Yes. Oh, he was there. He cool. was lovely. He's a little. He's he's a little out there, but a really neat <laughs> guy. And then uh, John Wesley Ship. I kind of bumped into him while I was game shopping. I was like, Oh my gosh, it's the Flash. And he's like, Well, I'm the Flash's dad. And I said, No, I'm old enough to remember that you're the Flash. And, <laughs> And he said, that's awful sweet. And I said, well, thanks so much. And, you know, and, and like I had a couple of quick interactions, but they were lovely with everyone. They were just so nice with everyone um, there at the at the con. The game room, not the game room, the, the actual floor where there was a huge amount of vendors. It was just, I was in awe and really excited for them because they, they just, they knocked it out of the park. Cool. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I just, uh, we had a real good time chatting with Kevin. And uh, how did Kevin feel the con went? He was all over the place. That I'm man, sure. I don't think he even slept, <laughs> but he was really happy, really thrilled. Um, they have taken, they've sat down and done their postmortem and kind of rearranged a few things. And next year, They've kind of rebranded themselves to uh, the All-Star Con. Um, still in Northern Virginia, which is great. Still at a great property. Um, I'm looking forward to it. So this will be basically their second year, but with the new brand. And, I mean, these guys, I, you would never know this was their first con. Never know it was their first con. I'm so impressed. So, and I, was, so I really hope that people made it out there. And so much good tabletop gaming, that's for sure. And so you felt like it was well-organized. You really thought through how people moved and tables and the whole thing. They did a good job. The space was not great for what they wanted, for what they wanted to do. At least, so this is from my point of view. Um, the way the, way the Ritz-Carlton is laid out, it's, it's a functional space. But I think with a convention like this... Um, you can have, you know, different floors and have things kind of all over the place, but there's kind of, um, there's a need to kind of keep everything as contained as possible. And that, that might've been like, I feel like the spaces were just too small for them. Like the con had, there was so much content. They could have had like a whole other, they could have gone to a bigger venue. And I think, um, they're at the Sheridan in McLean this year, this coming year in 2018. And that has a ton of space. So you think that's going to be a better venue for them? I think so because it gives them like room to grow. Right. There wasn't. There's not a whole lot of space at the Carlton, yeah. and the Ritz Carlton. I mean, it's the Ritz Carlton. It's gold. <laughs> um, but I, the Sheridan had has a lot more to offer, um, and frankly. The Ritz Carlton is the Ritz Carlton. I don't know how they handled, you know, a whole bunch of really fun people and some great costumes. Oh my God, some amazing cosplay, oh, really cool. great stuff. People were super creative. Any um, any anyone that stands out? Someone came as the wall with with the alphabet on it from Stranger Things. Oh. The entire wall. They didn't. They it was like they were a wall. <laughs> it wasn't just a shirt with letters and that light up. They were a wall. <laughs> and there were a lot of, like, there were a lot of professional cosplayers, too, which who knew that was going to be, like, a big thing? Um, but it, it apparently exists. You can be a professional 
cosplayer. So there were several on site that were stunning, of course. Um, I really enjoyed myself. It was great. I had a great time. Completely worth, um, um, completely, completely worth going. Um, so all the All-Star Comic Con will be June 15th through the 17th. There you go. Uh, 2018, now. and you can get more information on that at www.theallstarcomiccon.com. Oh, very good. Brought to you by the fine people at Ashburn Pub. <laughs> there you go. Hey, I have a and question Kevin, for you. Bless his heart, and that whole team—they just—they just knocked it out of the park. Oh my God, they have a timer <laughs> on their website. There's you have it's two two hundred eighty-eight days, two hours, and forty-eight minutes until All Star Comic Con. Am any idea how, how many people attended that weekend? They were sold out for Saturday, and if I understand correctly, that's um, it's about a about a thousand tickets. Wow. If I if I understand correctly, mm-hmm. so I, I hope I have that right. I'll double check with Kevin, but you couldn't get Saturday tickets anymore. At least it was before it was before the con even. Like it was a couple days before the con, they sold out on Saturday. Yeah. It's well, super. I'm. I'm just so excited for them. I, I, I have a question, Em. How do yeah. you become a professional cosplayer? I mean, what sort of market is there for that? I don't know, but like, there are people who are actually making money and doing it, and it's something that I've been kind of keeping in the back of my head. That now I'd like to start talking to them and like interviewing them as well, because I'm curious how they get started. You know, where they get started. Some tips into the trade and. There are people who make lots of money doing this. And then they show up at conventions and they do photo ops and they sell pictures and I think a couple I don't some... know if they're making like, you know, tons of money, but th- there are people who this is their profession. They're they're artists, they're costumers, they're designers, they're just creators and it's impressive. It's really impressive. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess probably photos. They can probably do it. Um People might so you, people might pay you, them to do it. I mean, I don't know. You go to conventions. You do events like, like let's say you were throwing like if I threw an event at work that landed on Star Wars Day, I would totally find a way to hire, like, Star Wars cosplayers. Right. Because they are the ones who are going to be. I don't want an impersonator. I want a cosplayer because they will have put the time and the effort and the love into their costumes right and make it as authentic as possible and i would call somebody from the the 40 the 401st have either of you have either of you seen the last uh commercial uh from think geek um they they were advertising some star trek uh merchandise but they used um they, they use a female cosplayer i've seen at 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 shore leave and far point and two guys usually dressed up as klingons um, at, at those cons, also they they they, so they they had these three people do their commercial for them, and they look great. They look yeah. Wow. They, they look like you know the, the guy who was dressed in his Klingon costume looked like he just walked off set. the set of. He looked really good. Mm-hmm. He did look really good. Wow. So well, I think that's cool. It's just an interesting question when we say professional, like that implies that they're somehow getting paid for it, and I'm like. Well, how do you get paid for cosplaying? And I guess there are, uh, but it makes sense if you want an event or you know have a party and you want some cosplayers there. I mean, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, which I mean, yeah. a lot, a lot of them compete in the contests, and if there's cash prizes, I mean, I guess that yep. would be that would be the other way of doing it. I yep. mean, 
the Absolutely. sci-fi the sci-fi channel had a um, a show called Heroes of Cosplay, and just just film these people that um, they they went to a lot of the cons and for to compete in the in the yeah. contest and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome. Very good. Well, it's just that. That's cool. Mm. All right. Okay. As, I mean, like, so con season's kind of winding down. I'm going to skip um, New York Comic Con this year. I was going to go to Baltimore Comic Con, but I'm exhausted. And I just want a weekend of quiet. Yeah. Um, Is that this weekend? <laughs> it's this weekend. Oh, uh, right over Dragon Con? That's kind of funny. I know, right? But, but, Who does that? Well, Baltimore Comic Con does. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Yes, Baltimore they do. Baltimore Comic Con does. They do. He um, says they're like, eh, there's a lot of you, There's Dragon a lot of our Con. friends going down to Dragon Con. Yeah, yeah. I've been following. Uh, my Facebook feed is like Dragon Con, Dragon Con, Dragon Con. Gen Con was just last week. Um, I was about. I am thinking. I'm thinking about getting tickets for um, PAX Unplugged, which is like going to PAX East, but none of the digital games. So it's all table topping. Ooh, that sounds yeah, like yeah, right. Be fun. It's in Philly. Well, that's like right down the road. When is that? So that is November sixteenth and seventeenth, I believe. Hmm. If you please hold um, PAX. You know what? Uh, you know that might be something that. Kiefer and I would enjoy. We, we we I mean he he loves his electronic games and all that, but we we play a fair right. amount of board games. So cool. So Pax Unplugged is in Philly, November. Come on, show me computer. Uh, November seventeenth, eighteenth, and nineteenth. Um, Pax Unplugged will be an exciting analog version. Um, an analog focused extension of of our already existing portfolio of PAX events. We found that tabletop parts of PAX have grown and grown to the point that we said, you know what? Let's make it a show. That's just that. So that's what they've done. They've, it's all tabletopping all the time. They don't have a schedule up yet. Um, tickets are on sale. Looks like three day tickets are 60 bucks. That's not terrible. That's, that's pretty good for Philly. Yeah. I mean, when you look at like, Sure, leave tickets like full weekend pass or what, like 80, 90 bucks for a full weekend. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's not so bad. this is, yeah, and this is just tabletopping games. So, yeah. that's and despite some of the issues that have been Penny Arcade's kind of stuck their foot in their mouth about a couple of things that kind of make me squirrely, but they've you know, they've stepped up and said, you know what, we were wrong, we're totally wrong, we were yeah. jerks about it. So, I respect the fact that that it's. They they're starting to really like they're starting to really respect their 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 audience considering how broad it is. I was gonna say they're elders, but maybe not. So yeah. <laughs> In this respect case, their I elders. Think I might be older than them. Yeah, that's I think true. I'm older than the guys from Penny Arcade. I'm yeah. not sure yet. <laughs> Probably. I mean, you and me are both older than them. But. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's move on on that note. But um, that would be great. Uh, the tabletop. Though. So that's packs. Un, like analog so they'll like have eight yeah, tracks so there cassette tapes we're good right. um so yeah 60 <laughs> bucks for a three-day ticket if you want a friday or saturday or sunday only ticket they're 25 sunday's kid ticket is 10 bucks oh well, maybe sunday would be a good day to take Kiefer and go yeah you guys should go do it's i don't know how far away philly is from no, me, it's but... like an hour, an hour that's an hour it's oh, closer, gosh, than, it's closer could, to baltimore like, so you guys should totally do it yeah I could take I could take the train down. Is it the convention center? Do you know? Do they say? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. See, see I can just walk, like, get off the uh, train, and voila, I'm there. 
Pretty Et cool. voila. Oh, voila. All right, well, let's move into some TV news tonight. Um, and uh, we have three things, and I think, I think it's my turn to start out, right? So Disney is saying, you know what? We need some more science in our science fiction. And so they're doing a new series that looks at science and Star Wars and will talk about the galaxy of fact and fantasy. So looking at, you know, what stuff did Star Wars maybe get right and is realistic and what might be a little bit far-fetched yet, <laughs> Metachlorians. And, um, and, yes, I did have to mention that. <laughs> so, and they're going to be talking about stuff like lightsabers, holograms, um, and some scientific elements that maybe aren't so far-fetched. And uh, so I understand it's a web series. Which so it's not really a TV series, but it's a web series. It's going to debut online somewhere probably here late in uh, 2017. So it's very cool because we're always, and I know you are especially, we're always about science in our science fiction. I I like the option that science fiction becomes our science. Yeah, and science becomes our science fiction. I mean, Dude. every time I pick up a an iPad or any kind of tablet, I like to pretend I'm on the. I'm on the Starship Enterprise. <laughs> well, you know, I'm just I'm following with everything that's happening, like in robotics these days and AI. Oh, and I'm gosh. like, I'm like, this is my childhood come to life. Mm-hmm. And uh, and some of it I'm excited about, and there's other stuff I'm like, I'm like, oh crap, I'm moving to Montana in the hills. You know, Skynet is <laughs> gonna take over. Yeah, because I'm like, and I have dreams of Sky, yeah, Skynet, and like Skynet and, comes live. Yeah, and, October and, 2017. And and then and then Hal taking over, and I'm just like, uh, this is too much. So, but but I'm, at the same time, I'm fascinated. Like, I'm fascinated. Like, for example, short story. I was on the phone with AT and T. I was on a chat, a chat room with AT and T. And the, the the thing chatting with me on the other side was AI, was not a live person. Oh my! And uh, and he got everything I threw at him. That's... And I wasn't just testing; it was actually shopping for a phone. But he was just you know just just a week ago. But he he was able to discern, and the algorithms that they have for uh, like these chatbots are incredible. Mm-hmm. They're able just to pick up stuff, and um, that's just a small version of like what's in our society. Star okay, you War- totally dated yourself by saying a chat room. I said, I said chat. I said, did I say chat room or I said chat bot? I don't remember, but uh, said chat bot. But you said you were in a chat room with a chat bot. Uh, I didn't mean chat. Chat session, whatever it was called. So, right, but yeah. it's just funny because I call it the same thing because yeah. that's what we grew up with. Oh yeah, we did grow up with chat rooms anyway, <laughs> and forums and everything else that uh, people don't use a lot anymore. But some people use forums, but. True fact. So I find Niner had a forum way back in the day. Yeah. We, no, really? The, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was like, I mean, we're talking like nine to eight years ago. So, but. Our Facebook page is pretty much taken. Yeah, that, that's that's our forum right now. Mm-hmm. That anything <laughs> else. So. All right. Well, uh, any other thoughts on that? Well, Star Wars has imagined what, you say robotics, what, what robotics and androids might be doing in, uh, in that world uh, and... We're getting, you say what, you know, AI, between what, what, how AI is progressing and you look at what, I mean, what Disney has done with animatronics and they're like that, you combine those two together, you're going to have something pretty soon. I'm just looking at what Boston Dynamics has done. 
with you know out of Massachusetts, some of the robots they created were like a, they can knock them down. These robots will write themselves, will move boxes, and the, I mean it's just incredible. If you ever if you ever get a chance, Emma, have you seen those videos from Boston Dynamic? I have. There's a couple other. Um, there's a, a a a website I follow called Revolver. Um, that's been showing stuff from them, some from um, Georgia, the Georgia Tech Robotics Lab, which has come up with some amazingly cool stuff. Um, there's also the uh, like, there's there's a group at Harvard University working on an exosuit that is oh, unbelievable. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, this stuff is you know, you know, twenty years ago was science fiction, mm -hmm. and and it's clearly, I mean, it's still not mainstream, but. When you have robots delivering your pizza in certain cities, that's no longer that's no longer you know just science fiction. Well, they're talking about in Japan. Eventually, they're going to have robot caretakers for uh, retirement homes. Yeah. And there's a guy in Japan that's tr that got married to his robot. I don't want to discuss that. <laughs> All right, on that on, on that, that note, note. Uh, yeah. M, tell us about Once Upon a Time. So once upon a time, um, so apparently, apparently, um, some folks are considering this new season to be like a reboot with like the with all the main characters being gone, like Henry and Emma and Snow White and Prince Charming, blah, 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 that they've all moved on, and that the new cast members, um, like they're bringing Princess Tiana from Princess and the Frog, and her mother is being played by Robin Givens, which some of you kids won't remember but she's trouble she was so, head of the class <laughs> um, it'd be interesting uh, apparently robin givens plays eudora a loving mother to tiana and benevolent noble woman um basically from just like the movie but she of course she's gonna bring drama with her so i don't know um i guess i'm a little so i don't know what's gonna happen because like I don't. Th not everyone is gone. The some of the most of the main characters are gone. They at the very end, they did do a big time jump, where um, what's his name? The kid is now grown up, and someone knocks on his door and goes, "Oh, I'm your daughter," or something like that. I have to go back and watch. <laughs> I wouldn't call that a reboot. I would just call that a continuation, kind of like, um, like uh, TOS and TNG. Okay, doing something more more along that. Stay, yeah, staying in the same timeline, but jumping ahead. So a reboot would mean we would, to me, a reboot means we're going to start all the way from the beginning. Right. Start like a, par a parallel universe or something like that with it. But Yeah, like to, like uh, uh, um, Battlestar Galactica, that's a reboot. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's a reboot. Well, so uh, I, a question for you, Em, because I, I mean, I watched the first season of the show. Did you watch the show at all? I watched all of it. So okay, so you you you, you can probably speak more to this and but when a show takes to when when the, when the show's main cast leaves, I mean the main cast and the way they interact is part of the draw of a show. It's what brings people back to that show week after week. Right. Um, uh, story plays in there, and the writing obviously is important. Not minimizing that, right. but when your main cast leaves. Is that a sign, should that be a sign to writers that, well, maybe it has run its course? I mean, how many seasons of Once Upon a Time have we had? Five? Six? 
it th- that should have been a sign for the writers two and a half seasons ago. Uh, yeah. So I I feel like they should have made it a series finale, and then had that funny little blurb at the end, and like people what, and then the story continues and start afresh. I mean, I would not call this season nine. Is it eight and nine? I would not call this a continued season. I would call it a whole new season because it it will be a new show. It won't be a reboot. Like in my it, at least in my perspective, um, they should have given it its own fanfare and its own entry. Um, but we'll yeah. see what happens. Yeah, it's season seven. I say season seven. Season right? seven. Yeah. It's yeah. No, it's not really necessary. But that show should have gone a long time ago. So it's almost a spinoff. Yeah. So, you know, at the end of last year, it was bringing in a little under 3 million viewers. You know, I don't know how that rates and stacks up for other ABC shows. So, I think, I don't know, maybe it's the genre. Maybe it's the story and the characters. Because you see everybody jumping on the comic book hero bandwagon now. Right. That maybe, maybe it's been, maybe it's done. I mean, it was to me it was done, but I kept watching because I did love the characters and I did want to see a happy ending. I was waiting for that stupid happy ending, but every season it would end with the town in trouble again. Oh no, it's the end of the season and the whole town's in trouble again. We didn't see that coming, but we totally did. (laughs) Um, They said I wanted, I needed the happy ending, and then I'm satisfied. Yeah, and. I'm I'm interested to see what's going to happen with Grown Up Henry. Yeah. So I'll probably watch the first couple of episodes. I've I've I don't know. I don't want to firefly it. I don't want to give up on it after a couple of episodes. No. I, I think the other thing about it is may, maybe it's not so much of a reboot, but maybe you could even consider it a spin-off might be a better way. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. They should have spun it off. Yeah. That's exactly right. That's right. Well, very good. Well, M, if you're watching it, you will have to let us know as our uh, token once upon a time watcher. Uh, you know how it. How you mean it, the only? Yeah, the only one. The only one uh, like from, uh, from us as miles. You don't watch of, it, right? Like, Eight-year-old girls. Yeah, <laughs> but you can let us know like how it's holding up and if it uh, is continuing at the. Uh, is it continuing to deliver? Is it not? You know, we'd love to hear. And, uh, and, 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 and and you guys out there listening, we would love to hear from you as well. So any listeners want to share their thoughts on Once Upon a Time and, and even whether they should have, we should have continued, they should have, they should have just stopped it. We would love to hear your, your thoughts and opinions on that. All right, Miles, why don't you take us into Stargate? You know, if you've listened to the diner long enough, you know that we have this soft spot in heart for Stargate over the years. And um, we still love interviewing guests that have been on uh, Stargate. And uh, we just have a little bit of Stargate news for you. Yeah. And um, so Stargate Command platform now open for registration. What is that, you ask? MGM's new online Stargate experience is almost here. The Stargate Command digital platform opened today for early registration with the studio announcing a launch date of September 20th, 2017. So if I understand you, this is a online platform it's yes. not like a show or anything like that right well so so why do we have it in here with the tv well because there's been three stargate shows uh that spanned uh 13 years and so all of these are going to be available through stargate command yes mm-hmm. yeah so there's that and it, am, I, am i correct that they announced at comic-con this year a web series so netflix is going to have a web series 
Um, and it's going to be in the Stargate universe we're familiar with, but it's going to be a retro series. It's going to be right around the time they discovered the Stargate in the first place. So like in the 1920s? Yes. Oh, well that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I wonder if I can get my wife into that. She no. loves that whole period stuff. That might be maybe your, the, her foray to Stargate. Yeah, maybe. Well, she she's watched the original movie mm-hmm. with me. So, But the cool part is uh, it's... The All Access Pass is currently available for a one-time payment of $20, U.S. dollars, and includes access for streaming all three Stargate television series, uh, plus Origins when it debuts, and other exclusive content. So for 20 bucks, you're, you're, you're in. So if you're a Stargate fan, that's not a bad deal. It, as a Stargate fan, you have to have this. Are you going to have it? I think I'm going to cough up the $20. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, you know, it's, it's one of those things. It's a way of delivering content, and, uh, you know, if you think about it, if I were to go out and buy all the DVDs for all the Stargate franchises, I'm going to spend way more than 20 bucks. Oh, a lot of money. Oh, yeah, a lot of money. Several hundred dollars. So this, yeah. is, uh, this is certainly a more economic way of doing it, and mm-hmm. I have access to any show I want. And so as long as their platform delivers and doesn't go down and anything like that, we're good. I'll be curious if it'll also have the, the straight-to-DVD Stargate movies. Um, Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah. Are the animated? I don't think anybody will care about that one. <laughs> you know, I rented the animated, and I and I and I said, "Oh, I'm gonna watch these." I watched like ten minutes of it, and then said, oh, I've seen enough." That's pretty <laughs> much what I did too. I got it on Netflix, like, eh, it's not growing. Yeah, mm, yeah. Did you ever watch the animated Star Stargate? Um, me? Yep. You are talking to the wrong person. Did you watch any Stargate? Um, I have, <laughs> I have Stargate the movie. Uh, see, it doesn't count, but go ahead. Uh, it's the original. Well, I, 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 I no doubt. So, <laughs> but I, I, I had a hard time getting into the TV shows. I remember the pilot, where um, Amanda Tapping says something about, "Well, you can just MacGyver it," and then they cut to, um, uh, to Dean, and we're all, you know, everybody's got a little grit on their face. <laughs> I, know. I I, I, I realized it had it got it it grew its legs later on in the season, so I yeah. need to give it another try. Yeah, well, you know what? In the first season, you know, there's plenty of good and bad episodes in the first season, but it definitely grew, and the storylines grew and became more coherent, and the story evolved over the years. And mm-hmm. you know, they gave well, they gave the time the show time to yeah, you know, well, it was it was, it was sci-fi, so mm-hmm. so very good. All right, well, let's move on. So uh, let's move on to some movie news. And we have some good news, especially if you like Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, what, what do we got here? Oh, it's my turn. Sorry. <laughs> She's like eating sushi <laughs> and, you know, it just helps a lot. But anyways, well, I was looking it up because this is new information to me, so I'm really excited. Um, so the Spider-Man Homecoming Raiders are coming back. Coming back for a sequel, which is smart because it was yeah. a good movie. It was. It was cute. It was very much like the comic books. It was. It made me very happy. Um, John Watts is already in talks with the uh, with the studio to return as director. Screenwriters Chris McKenna and Eric Summers are back as Spidey's web in the Spidey web. Um, the duo who worked on Spider-Man Homecoming are in final negotiations to return to the world of Peter Parker and to write a sequel. For Sony Pictures and Marvel Studio hit, I'm excited. I would, I, I would go it. see it. Because but I'm pretty the, jazzed because they did a great job. They did. And Marvel Studios, 
they really need to they really they really need to deliver because I'm I'm still like I'm still on the fence about Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and hmm. I wanted more and I didn't get it so I'm a little nervous about Ragnarok but Spider-Man made me feel better so yeah. I'm I'm excited they did a great job You know I haven't seen the Guardians of the Galaxy 2 yet so uh my son and I were going to go we we were like toss up I'm like I'm like, son, we can watch Guardians of the Galaxy, or we can go see Wonder Woman, or we can go see uh, Spider-Man. He's like, Spider-Man. <laughs> so you're, you're like, okay. And so that was when I saw it, and he, he just loved it. Very accessible to him, and uh, it was fun, and I just liked it overall. So. I haven't seen it, but I, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, well worth it's well worth seeing. It's, 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 How can you guys not have seen it yet? I saw it. I have not. I just... Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, but you know, here's the thing. You know, tell me you saw Wonder Woman. Oh yeah, we we yeah we I reviewed did. it. Yeah, we reviewed. yeah we talked about Wonder Woman. Okay, you saw Wonder Woman. Spider Man's so good. It is. I can't wait to see. I can't wait to own it. Yeah, I, don't know I need I it for my collection. I need it for your collection. You make it sound so creepy. <laughs> you take something creepy. so innocent and you creepify it. That's right. That's right. Right. <laughs> Ugh. Anyway, next story. <laughs> uh, well, this week in Star Trek, Miles, I think that's your, up yes. your alley. So, the Orville is set to capitalize on disgruntled Star Trek fans. Oh, Okay. So, what is there to be disgruntled about? I wonder. Well, that's that's <laughs> it. Well, you know, so so uh, we watched the trailers for Orville, mm-hmm. and um, we've been mildly impressed. I mean, they've done a good job with them. It seems funny and witty, but they're actually touting that Orville is going to take a little bit more of a serious bet to it. Um, so, have you been? So, Miles, you are you are. I would consider you among the three of us. Uh, maybe maybe M, you are too, and I, I just don't know it. But Miles, you are the ultimate Star Trek aficionado in this in, in this yes. cast here. Guilty as charged. Would you agree with that, M? Oh yeah, I'm so smartly. Yeah. yeah so uh, as as such, mm-hmm. um, as you've watched Orville, yeah. what are, are you liking? What you're seeing? I like what I've seen so far. It it, it is no question that it's. Sort it is kind of spoofing Star Trek, but at the same Absolutely. time, still still trying to want to be its own thing. Right. So, why might Orville appeal to disgruntled Trek fans? And what is there to be disgruntled about in Trek? This is what people <laughs> need to understand. If you get four four different Star Trek fans in a room, you're going to get five different opinions. We are the most contentious, opinionated. Bastards. Pains in the asses <laughs> in the universe. Uh, yeah, I said it. There you go. Um, as far as the, the complaints for the new show boggle the mind, but you know, if if, if, if the new Star Trek show is not for you, it's not for you. You know, no worries. Maybe, maybe the Orville will be. Uh, so originally believed by many to be a spoof of Star Trek, Seth MacFarlane's new series, The Orville, appears to be much more than meets the eye. In fact. While the show's trailer made it appear to be a comedy typical of a McFarlane's body of work, we've learned since that it's not an exclusive comedic series after all. In fact, much of the humor in the trailer consists of most of the jokes in the premiere episode, which means the show itself is much more serious in nature. So that I get. I so time to, will tell. Time will tell. Time will tell. Yeah, we we we, yeah. we haven't seen either show yet. We have we, we don't have we don't have any deformed opinion about. It. So what does this show need to do to appeal to appeal to people that are kind of irked at current track? 
Does it need a deal? Does it need a step back from the action? Deal with some societal issues? I mean, what? I mean, what? Maybe, what? maybe there could be some episodes dealing with social commentary. I, I mean, I'm not sure what to be an I mean, alternative. It's just McFarland, so I know you know there's going to be some serious um, social commentary. Yeah, that, that's that that that's. I mean, that that will appeal to the Trekkies that are not really feeling discovery. That's all. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, McFarlane's show, I mean, it's, it, it is going to spoof Star Trek. It's might make fun of it a little, which is okay. We, 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 we can make fun of ourselves. And to be, to be fair, um, this is on what? ABC Fox Fox. It's, it's on Fox. It's going to be free. Mm-hmm. You don't have to pay a subscription to it. That probably will be the, that will probably be the, the main alternative is, I don't have to pay an extra seven dollars a month to uh, go watch Star Trek. I'll watch Orwell, which is Star Trek to me. Which will be, be you know, some people might say it, it, it's a great Star Trek show, like they said of uh, a Galaxy Quest being one of the great Star Trek movies. Oh there. yeah, it is one of the great Star Trek movies. It is, yeah, no. positively, <laughs> no doubt. Uh, we but, did a re- who do we do? Do we do a Dayton Ward a review of that show? I'm gonna uh, say we did it with someone like that. We did it with a couple people. I, I, I think Dayton was in on that one. <laughs> that was way back. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah. Well, so I, I am looking forward to Orville. It's one of the shows I might check out in my limited time. I, I'm going to check out at least the, the pilot. Uh, Victor Garber plays the the Admiral in this, and the worst he gets is good at whatever he's in. So, oh, very good. Um, about, so, yeah. at least check that out. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, very good. Thank you, Miles, for sharing that. You're welcome. All right. So, Miles, the comment about um, Star Trek fans having four in a room so you get five opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple weeks ago, I threw an event in D.C. for a bunch of my data analysts and data scientists. And I, instead of numbering the tables, I labeled them different characters from the Star Trek universe. Oh, cool. And I was really excited because we made a point of making sure that tables were female characters. So we picked through and we picked through and we were really pleased and we're very happy. But minute, so we picked from TNG, TOS, and Voyager. We didn't pick from Enterprise because no one really knows Enterprise very well. And we didn't pick from DS9 because also when I polled people, no one really knew characters from DS9. It only took 10 minutes, 10 minutes at my registration table. People are looking at their name tags like, oh, the table names are great. And then... One guy turned right around, came back out of the room and said, where's Neelix? Why don't you have Neelix? And like went on this, like really tore me a new one, not including <laughs> DS9. And I said, well, you know, people don't really recognize it. And really, I mean, it was a space station. It didn't go anywhere. Are you kidding me? And it went on and it was, it was one of my favorite moments of that day. But it was a great, it was also a great equalizer because People at the Picard table were making fun of people at the um, at the James T. Kirk table, <laughs> and funny. so on. And then I had one table that was the Enterprise, and so the people there were like, "Well, we're on the Enterprise. We are part of all the shows, so you suck it." And then, <laughs> nope, Voyager's a whole different ship. So it's it's amazing, and the audience there was people from all over the world who work at our company. Every and anybody you can imagine, but Star Trek seemed to be the great equalizer and the great instigator of arguments. 
And, as often the case. And there was nerd rage everywhere. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Like, he lost it on me because yeah. I didn't include anyone from DS9. And when I said, well, I didn't include anyone from Enterprise, well, that's not even a real Star Trek show. Oh! <laughs> wow. I bet that started. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, the gauntlet was thrown. That's not canon. Just throw that out there and see what happens. Right? <laughs> when we were uh, oh, at Shore Leave, um, we went to Marina Sirtis and Michael Dorn's panel. This is how Marina Sirtis referred to Deep Space Nine. Uh, she would call it Deep, Sp- Deep Sleep Nine. Oh, it's sleep. funny because it's true. That's all right. <laughs> uh, um, you know, I, I love Deep Space Nine, but I, 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 I thought it was funny, though. I did make it through Deep Space Nine. I haven't made it through Enterprise yet. Enterprise so. is a good watch. I know. I, I know. think Enterprise I, is I, underrated. I, I'm, at, I'm at episode 16. It's not like I, I mean, I just haven't made time to watch it. So. There's a lot more, a lot of stuff out there to watch. I know, I know, mm-hmm. I know. All right, well, uh, switching gears here, let's talk about, let's, let's introduce our interview here, and uh, Miles, you and I had a chance to chat with this young man. Yeah, we got a chance to talk with uh, one of the stars from uh, the, the Big Bang Theory, which is still going on strong. Um, uh, Kevin Sussman plays our favorite comic book store owner, our Stuart, and he was great. Uh, and he was also in a great picture with your son and Marina Sirius yeah. at the convention. Yeah, so I think I shared his story in one of the other shows, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah, sharing um, again. Yeah, I'll share it. I'm, I'm going to share it for you, okay? Um, so, you know how they do the masquerade at Shirley, right, Em? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah. so masquerade's happening, and Kevin Sussman, Michael Dorn, and and Marina Sirtis have just come from a two-hour signing session where they do, like, the free signings. And yeah. prior to that, Marina Sirtis and Michael Dorn had a two-hour session on stage talking about Star Trek. So, they are pretty tired. Right, mm-hmm. uh, to say the least, and uh, so we—I never go into the masquerade room. I just kind of sit out there by the blue screen, wanting to take pictures of all of them because that's all I really care about. I don't care mm-hmm. about the skits, but the skits are cute too sometimes. But um, so we're waiting there. Kiefer's with me at the con because he came with me to the con this year, and uh, Michael Dorn walks by, and they're like, "Hey, hey, can we get your picture?" And he's like, "Ah, oh, no," which you know everyone understands because you know he's tired, right? Well, right. Marina Serenis and Kevin Sussman come, and everyone's like, hey, hey, can we get your picture? And they, and they ham it up right. in front of the blue screen. Well, Kiefer, who has no idea who these people are, photobombs them. He jumps, <laughs> he, <laughs> he jumps in on the picture, holds, holds Marina Serenis' hand, and, uh, and, and, and hams it up in his little Pikachu costume. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. I have a oh picture of it. Oh, uh, it was, it was, it was truly was great. And what made it even better was like, he just had no fear and no clue these people were. He was just trying to be funny. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> well, I saw them two together. I said, and guest starring in Big Bang Theory, Marina Sirtis. And she goes, oh, I would love to do Big Bang Theory. <laughs> So you hear that, Big Bang producers? Sometimes, sometimes. Yes. But, but anyways, we had a good chat. What, about five, ten minutes with him? Yeah, so we had, we had a great conversation with Kevin Sussman. Um, and, um, you know, he, Big Bang Theory is his main thing, but he's done some movies. He's done some writing on the side also. So you might have seen him in some other things also. Awesome. Well, we're excited to share the interview. So why don't we uh, do that now? Enjoy.
Our whole universe was in a hot, dense state that nearly 14 billion years ago expansion started. Wait, the Earth began to cool, the autotrophs began to drool, Neanderthals developed tools, we built a wall. We built the pyramids, math, science, history, unraveling the mystery that all started with a big bang. Hey, uh, Leonard, things are a little tight at the comic book store. I might need some help covering my share of the check. Oh, yeah, no worries. And maybe a few bucks for the valet. Uh, all right. And gas money to get home. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know what? This is my grandfather's watch. Oh. 18 karat gold. Got it in Europe during the war. Wow. It's very nice. Mm hmm. 100 bucks and it's yours. <laughs> hey, everybody. The bachelor boy has arrived. Oh, for he's a jolly good fellow. For he's a jolly good fellow. For he's a jolly good fellow. Which nobody can deny. Yes, yes, yes. He's a jolly good fellow. What time did the swippers arrive? Actually, Barry, we're not going to have strippers tonight. Ah, uh, then what the frig did I get two hundred dollars in singles out for? You want to buy a watch? Okay, I'll go. <laughs> Howard, I think about you and Bernadette starting this wonderful life together. I can't help but get a little choked up. I mean, look at you. You have everything. <laughs> look at me. I'm 37. I sleep in the back of a comic book store, and I have the bone density of an 80-year-old man. <laughs> Yeah, nice speech, Francine. I'm not done, but thank you. I think back. Hi, I'm Miles. Hey, it's a pleasure to meet you. Good to meet you. We have a New York connection. I saw you're from Staten Island originally. Yeah. I'm originally from Brooklyn. Oh, wow, cool. Well, I also lived in Brooklyn. Okay. Where, where in Brooklyn? Bay Ridge. Oh, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. My brother used to live in, in Bay Ridge. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but we've all sort of migrated. Me too. That's why you don't hear an accent anymore. Yeah. Where do you live now? Um, York, Pennsylvania, about a half hour oh, north. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So my folks still talk with a New York accent, though. Yeah. 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 Me too. You still do, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, and I'm Scott Herzog. Hi. I know we introduced earlier, but. Hi. Pleasure to meet you. I'm from Lancaster, next door to York. So. Oh. Cool. Amish country. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Amish country, definitely. So. Uh, uh, I thought that was Mennonite. Well, that too. And I'm at. Funny story. My background is actually Mennonite. Oh, I grew okay. Up in the Mennonite family. Oh, wow. So, so how familiar are you with the Mennonites? Not very. Not very. Just, just <laughs> heard about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's the uh, so that's the area. In fact, where I live is right in the heart of that area. Oh, wow. So, Do you still live there? I still. Live there. Oh, okay. Wow. So you're like, is there, are you shunned from the community no. now? <laughs> no, and uh, my parents. There's so many. Like anything, there's so many different levels of a uh, faith. Yeah. And so we were kind of middle of the road, and right. they, there was no shunning going on. In our right, church, right, so. right. So you're, yeah. So, so I'm okay. Okay. I'm okay. <laughs> All right, good. Maybe look. No down. scarlet letter on him. Yeah, no, yeah. no scarlet letter. So. <laughs> scarlet letter. A. That was the Puritans, actually, but so who's counting? So, but go ahead. You want to do a yeah. little introduction? I'll just give you a short introduction. I'll just fire some questions at you. Sure. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, we're at Shore Leave 2017, and we're hanging out with the brilliant Kevin Sussman, playing our favorite uh, comic book store owner, Stuart. 
Um, hey. Mr. Sussman, thank Hi. you for taking time to talk to us oh. on our podcast. Thank, uh, it's my pleasure. He just likes the fact you called him brilliant. Yeah, so I'm still uh, reveling in that. Yeah. <laughs> it's good stuff, man. Supplements yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> so we didn't see Stuart till season two. Can you tell us the story of how you got the part of uh, Stuart? Uh, actually, I had auditioned for Chuck Lorre, the show creator, for something else. And then um, he, that didn't work out. Uh, and he called me back to do um, Kripke. The, oh, who, yeah, Kripke. Yeah, yeah, who coincidentally is a friend of mine. John Bowie plays Kripke. But I was doing something else at the time, so I couldn't do it. And then he asked me to do uh, Stewart. Cool. Yeah. I, I enjoy the actor playing Kripke. He's good, too. Yeah, he's now he's um, one of the leads in Speechless on ABC. Oh, good for him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. At the time, was there plans uh, for Stewart and the comic book store to be uh, a reoccurring part of Big Bang Theory, or was this one off? Um, I yeah, I think it was. That, you know, I don't even I don't know the answer to that question. Yeah, uh, I don't know what Chuck Laurie had in mind at the time, but I think like when I got the offer to play that, I don't think there's like anything contractual or anything other than that first episode. And then they, st- and then every season since then, they've been using me more and more, which, which we're grateful for. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> gotta put food right? in my dog's bowls. Yeah, you know? they're kind. Do you have a dog? I do. What kind of dog do you have? Uh, they're half Yorkie, half Bichon. Yeah. And yeah. How many do you have? Uh, two. Two. Yeah, they're sisters, Lucy and Ethel. Well, Lucy and Ethel. Uh, yeah. Do they ever make an appearance on the show? No, no, they're way too bad. (laughs) (laughs) They'd have to pay them too. Right, yeah. Yeah. Maybe I speak to their agents. There you go. So over the last coming seasons, we've seen some of the guys make progress in their social evolution. Two of the guys are married. One is a child. One is a steady, if not complicated, serious relationship. Can we see Stuart make uh, some positive leaps in that area next season? Or are we going to continue to laugh and suffer with him? <laughs> um, I'm gonna predict the latter. Um, I, you know, I think that the writers purposely sort of keep Stewart's emotional growth stunted because now the guys are kind of, you know, they're all in relationships and stuff, and so I, it, I, I think they like to have that counterbalance. Yeah, they need the fans to. Part of the part of the joy of the show is watching the fans, watching the, the guys make that that social evolution, but also laugh at their mishaps. And so, I yeah. guess somebody has to suffer. Right. Yeah. You know, that has and to I'm, be I'm willing to take the hit. <laughs> we know you well for Big Bang Theory. However, your IMD page is, a, is an impressive list of movies, several other sitcoms, and comedy. Is comedy where you feel your connection to? Is there other areas uh, in business you like to try? Um, you know, it's funny. I feel like my best comedic moments are when I'm not trying. Not, not, I shouldn't say not trying to be funny, but when I when I try to make the situation as real as possible. Um, so in that respect. You know, I feel like when I'm at my funniest is when I'm doing the same thing that I would do if I were playing a drama. Because I feel like that, you know, sort of, you know, if you can bring some kind of authenticity to it, it yeah. makes it funnier. It's organic. Yeah, yeah. 
so I, you know, um, I, I don't really have like an allegiance to a genre. Okay. Cool. Um, so we're at a con. I, I get to meet one of the stars of Big Bang Theory. who makes me laugh, and uh, I must confess uh, to some nerding out. What do you nerd out about? My um, obsession is uh, board games. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I. My favorite, you know, my favorite board game, personally, is one that is hard to recommend because the rules are kind of, um, they've been criticized for being kind of um, opaque, um, but it's called A Few Acres of Snow uh, by Martin Wallace, who is my favorite board game designer, and he has another game that I absolutely adore as well, uh, called Railways of the World, which is a lot more yeah, accessible. Um, and then, you know, the, the, your standards like Settlers of Catan and Ticket to Ride and, and stuff like that. Yeah. So no, we know we'll see you in Big Bang Theory in the fall. Are there any other new projects we could plug? Um, not, no, I'm, um, I have, I write as well, so over the break I've been working on stuff that I'm writing, but nothing that I can talk about at this time. Nothing that he can't shoot you if he tells you. Right, yeah, I can tell you, but I don't want to have to kill you. We'll we'll hold off on the killing. I do have one real quick question before we wrap up. Uh, you were in AI. Yeah. Well, actually, I was cut from AI. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wish I could take that off of there. So I do have to... Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say that it's a very relevant movie as we continue to move forward toward artificial intelligence yeah. and robots. So. Yeah, yeah. You can't take credit for it. I yeah, <laughs> no. Yeah. All right. Well, we're. we're go ahead. Th- th- thanks for taking time to talk yeah, to us. Oh, well, yeah. Hope you enjoyed our interview with Kevin Sussman. Thank you again, surely, for making that possible and giving us a chance to interview and bring you, the listeners, these great interviews that we do. Um, but now it's time for our Sci-Fi 5 and 5. And Miles, since you put this together, why don't you go ahead and introduce it for us? So I was thinking of what would be a great Sci-Fi 5 and 5, and I'm thinking of the shows I'm following, and a lot of them ended on some really good cliffhangers. And I could have did more than five. I don't know if I could have did ten, but I could have did more with five. So I, I picked out five five of the shows I'm watching and, and know reasonably when they're coming back. Yeah. So Do you know, before we get into this, one of the show, and I'm dating myself, did, Em, did you watch The X-Files? I forget. We've had this conversation. Did. You did. Do you remember when The X-Files was originally on? X-Files always pulled these dynamite cliffhangers. Yes. And it got people like talking like back then we were talking about forums. We I'd hop in my little X Files forum and be chatting with other X File lovers and you know and we would be like saying, Oh, what does this mean? Did you see that? That sound meant you know, everyone's like and they tore apart these season finales and the X Files was one of the first T V shows that I remember really executing the finale 
in such a dynamite way. There were other mm. shows, I'm sure, that did it, but it's the one that made the impact on me. So finales have this great potential to keep their audience guessing and thinking. Yes. So. And wanting yeah. more. Yeah, wanting more. So these are shows you felt did that this past season. Yes. All right. Well, so why don't we start off? Why don't you? Uh, why don't uh, Why don't you take five and one? Mm-hmm. Is that all right? And uh, M, do you want to take four and two? Sure. All right, and I'll do number three. Okay. So. All right. Go ahead. Number these, five. But these were all created by Miles, mind you. Yeah, this is just what I thought. Right. So we would love to hear your thoughts on what you felt were good finales. So Agents of Shield. Uh, when we last saw our heroes uh, after. Um, defeating uh, the, the the android that had created that had imprisoned them in this um, matrix-like construct, um, and getting a little help from um, Dare not, not Daredevil um, uh, Ghost Rider. We we saw the the, the introduction of the Ghost Rider in uh, Agents of Shield this past season. Uh, so knowing they were on the run, um, they uh, they were hanging out at a bar and just waiting for the feds to arrest them and pick them up. Uh, so the show returns uh, January for, for 2018. Uh, so Nicholas Cage was in it. Not Nicholas Cage, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, the guy they had played um, Ghost Rider, uh, he, he did a good job. I like what they did. Okay, good, good. Awesome. We you do know, not use the NC word here. <laughs> the NC word. <laughs> <laughs> NC only refers to noncompliant, as in the Bitch Planet comic books. No, all right, all right, very good, very good. All right, so number four, M. Number four is Arrow. When we last saw Arrow, Ollie was on a boat with his son and Prometheus, and everybody else was on an island that explodes, uh, apparently killing everyone. Um, that was back. So now we, we won't know who is alive and who is dead until... The until mid October. Yep. So I like the word. But, I like the word. Apparently, killing everyone. Apparently. Well, yeah. they're filming right now, and they've kind of ruined it because they're all on set. So apparently, nobody. Yeah, but <laughs> but remember, Arrow started by playing flashbacks, so they can always bring him back in flashbacks. That's true. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if it. I mean, I, we'll see who survived and who didn't survive. I mean, yeah. I would assume they'd probably kill somebody off. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, you say. Mm-hmm. Number three, coming in number three in our Sci-Fi 5 and 5, is Man in the High Castle. Love that show. What we saw when we saw the war between Germany and Japan was averted when a film from another Earth showed, was able to convince the Nazis that, that the Japanese had an even power, even more powerful nuclear weapon. The government in Germany was thrown into a tizzy when the evidence was provided that the chancellor was involved in serious wrongdoing. Also, Juliana's sister is alive. Season three is being filmed. It will air later this year or maybe early next year, right? That's the best information I can yeah, find. Yeah, yeah. So no, no, no. But yeah, man, has, this is the alternate. This is like the alternate reality where alternate history where Nazis won, right? Yes. And take yeah. it over a good portion of the earth. So, uh, I, yeah, and I, I love the show also. I, I uh, watched that this over the summer. So, it's I have yet to much watch better it. than the book. Yeah. I mean, Philip K. Dick is a he. He's kind of hit or miss, mm-hmm. and this particular book did not. It sort of spoke to me because I liked the concept of I. I like all, I like historical stuff from that time period. 
So it was neat to see someone trying to th just throw a wrench in it. What if we lost? Um, so the book was a little weird. They did a really amazing job interpret interpreting that world and putting it on film. Yeah. I was really happy. Good. Good. So we'll have to find out. Find out what's happening whenever. We don't know when it's coming back. But anyways, Timeless. Em, I believe this is you. So Timeless, which I don't watch, so apologies. <laughs> Last we saw, the team went rogue and picked up Logan, not Wolverine, who was kicked <laughs> off the team. And they continued their mission to stop Flynn and deal with Rittenhouse. Originally, the show was not renewed for a second season, however, because the fans spoke up. They got another season. They will be back probably early 2018. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when they talked about that day. Timeless, not renewed. Three days later, Timeless goes back in time and renews. You know, <laughs> But my wife and I are actually, I was telling Miles this prior to the show, that we are, I haven't finished the season yet. Uh, we are two episodes from finishing. My wife and I watch it like sporadically, and we've been really enjoying it. So I'm, uh, I'm excited to see that we're going to have more Timeless. Me down too. The pike, so very good. And coming in at our number one cliffhanger for this past year. Legends of Tomorrow. Last we saw, uh, after we saw the Legends defeat the Legion of Doom due to messing with the timeline, the world in the present is a big hot mess. It is returning uh, middle of October this year. Good. good. Did you watch Legends, M? I did. Yeah. Did you feel that it was a really good cliffhanger? I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence about Legends of Tomorrow. I watch it to be a completionist. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm very curious. I'm not <gasps> on the edge of my seat, but I am going to watch because this is it's I'm very curious what they're doing because I'm very uh, I'm, I keep using the word very. very CW has really taken the time to be purposeful with right. their shows and that showed in the second season of Legions. I think it was much better than the first. Um uh, there was a lot more tongue-in-cheek, and there was a lot more love in it. I felt like, so this is, like, this is interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm not overwhelmed. I'm not underwhelmed. I'm whelmed. Right, right. I'm, ex I'm, I'm very interested to see what's to come. Yeah. Well, very good. Well, so Miles, thank you so much for for putting together this list of great cliffhangers from this past year. You're welcome. And there could have been more, but we, right. we, we only do five. We only do five. We only do five. And uh, we look forward to, uh, folks, you listening, if you have your own five, we would love to hear your, your, your five best cliffhangers. Or maybe just making it general, maybe we should widen it, like the best cliffhangers of all time. That's that. That make another great list. That would make another great list. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe next week. So, yeah, so, do you consider the Game of Thrones season finale a cliffhanger or a you know it's coming? <laughs> I wasn't sure what to do with that. I mean, <laughs> mainly because it could be a year before we get it back, or it could be two. two years. I think it's two years. So two. Two years. Yeah. Two years, two years. I think it's because Miles, you were so disturbed at Jon Snow's butt that you couldn't put something together. So. It was, I was jealous. Why? But, why is it always about the butt for you? It is. It is. <laughs> yeah. So, so Scott, let's let's talk about this. Let's have a psychological yeah, session. Why is? What's this with your butts? But I don't look. Yeah. I love All you right. guys, but no. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Anyway. On, on that note, we should wrap up the show. We have listener feedback. We're going to record here real quick and. Um, uh, so, uh, Miles, why don't you take us out of the show? We're so glad that you're listening again. If you want to support the show, we have a Patreon page, patreon.com backspace sci-fi. But you do not need to support us there. You can also just shoot us an email, tell us you're listening, tell us your thoughts about what you're watching, what you like, what you don't like, you know. And um, 
And uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, messages on Twitter and our Facebook and iTunes. There's plenty of places you can get a hold of us that's to contribute to the community here at the Sci-Fi Diner. You can hang out with us at Farpoint and just give us a buck. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, just give us a buck. That's right. Uh, we're, 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 we're pretty easy when it comes to that. Yes. <laughs> Buy us a drink and we're all good. Oh, boy. Do not include me in that. Anyway, Miles. Yeah, Miles. Let's go wrap up the show. Till next time, good night and good luck. Oh, we'll see you. To your daily. <laughs> all right. Patreon supporters, James Husband, Remy Levitois, and Mark Fox. Fofen. Do you think it's Mark Fofen? No, I'm just being a dick. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, sci-fi fans. This is Kevin Sussman from The Big Bang Theory. You're listening to the Sci-Fi Dinner Podcast. Diner Podcast? (laughs) Everybody (laughs) does it. Let me try that again. (laughs) 